So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Blog Talk Radio. Rhyme ruler, the mind of the master, the yeah. prime poet designed for disaster, a crime candidate, the light heavyweight, I yeah. might levitate right through the heaven's gate, rhymes record break, next bonds and vertebrae, simple yeah. and plain like Kanye, I heard him say, it's murder one when he murder tracks, I'm a dirt yeah. bag, flirting with songbirds and Birkin bags, my first rap, catch Roberta Flack, I'm a certified Mac, but I'm sure you ain't heard of that. Slim thugging them hoes, they been loving the flow, they been hunting for men like in vogue, and I, I'm in season to season back. I don't need respect, all I need is a check, Mike. Tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. The clock is ticking down toward the NBA trade trade deadline. We are less than a week away, and rumors are not necessarily spreading. It's pretty quiet on the. Uh, on the Memphis front when it comes to the Grizzlies, but uh, Instagram posts and questionable knee injuries and, and, and there may be a little smoke to the fire uh, when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies in terms of trades. We've got all the trade deadline fun, or at least a, a preview of what potentially is to come when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies. And then the realization that the Dallas Mavericks just got a lot better today with the addition of Christoph Persingas uh, in their trade with the Dallas Mavericks and the New York Knicks. And then you obviously have the rumors of Anthony Davis uh, becoming an L.A. Laker in the near future. So lots to get to tonight, obviously focusing on the Grizzlies uh, on this week's episode of Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I am your host, Joe Molinax. Thank you wherever you are, however you're taking in the podcast for joining us. Ways to get in touch with the program before I bring on my excellent guest for this evening. I want to get right to him. You can follow the show on Twitter at GBB Live. You can follow me on Twitter, the site manager of SB Nation's grizzlybearblues.com, Joe Mullinax, at Joe Mullinax, M-U-L-L-I-N-A-X. And you can follow our terrific blog, grizzlybearblues.com, over at SBN Grizzlies on Twitter. Lots of great content for you to check out. We had one of the most successful months in the history of Grizzly Bear Blues. That's thanks in part to the Grizzlies being a complete dumpster fire, but it's also thanks in part to folks like you that take in the content, listen to the podcast, do all the terrific stuff with us. So thank you, as I uh, say often, and probably not nearly enough for making me and us a part of your Grizzlies experience. We're going to get right to it here. Lots to talk about. Uh, the, the landscape of the NBA is shifting right underneath our feet, and the Memphis Grizzlies are silent at the moment, but that doesn't necessarily mean that things aren't going on behind the scenes. So we'll get into that and much more with my guest at this time. Again, I'm excited to have him on. Uh, he's one of the great Memphis sports personalities, recently recognized for having one of the very best radio shows, excuse me, the very best radio show, uh, Drive Time, Drive Home uh, program in the country as voted on by radio executives. He's a college basketball columnist, but Memphis Grizzlies fans would know him much better as the host of the Gary Parish show on 92.9 FM ESPN Memphis, 
I'm very thankful to have a weekly spot on that show, and he's returning the favor by being a guest on the podcast this week. He is Gary Paris, GP. At least the NBA is not going completely crazy during Super Bowl week. Otherwise, the NFL would be concerned that they're going to lose some attention. One of the things I've said for a while is that the NFL is undeniably the biggest sport in America. No matter how you measure such things, it it dwarfs everything else. But the NBA is by far the most interesting sport in America because it's it's now 12 months a year, and the -the off-the-court stuff is actually – and this is true right now, and it's also true, you know, I I think throughout the, the, you know, the month of July. I I, I find free agency – to be more interesting than, than any month of the season. I find the stuff that's going on right now to be more interesting than any game that's being played tonight, even a game between the two best teams in the East. Um, it is one story after another, after another. Um, and, and to that point, like Jeff Hawkins obviously has Chris Harrington on his uh, show every morning at 10 a.m. And Harrington is, is, is not really a sports fan as much as he's a diehard NBA fan. And he talks about the NBA every day. And Jeff had asked me one time, like, in the off season, like, is it still worth doing an NBA segment every day? And I'm like, ESPN does an hour-long The Jump, 12 months a year television show. And the reason, because there's never not something to talk about in the NBA. And today was a good example of that. And there's just so much personality. You know, in, the, in NFL football, and even in college, in football as a cultural, as a sport in the culture in general, individuality is kind of frowned upon, you know, you, you know, obviously the helmet, the equipment, you don't see these guys as much as you see the uniform that they wear in the NBA. Obviously you see the uniform, but they're not wearing any real equipment. You see their face. It, it gives them a chance to be a little bit more personable, a little bit more out there. They use social media a heck of a lot more creatively. Uh, NBA players do. And then, of course, there's the fact that the most, one of the most powerful player unions in the entire world of professional sports is the NBPA. Uh, so there's lots of things that go into why the NBA is so interesting. Uh, you just did a great job explaining a lot of them. And the Western Conference, and in particular, the Southwest Division, got a lot more interesting today, Gary. I'll get your take on this real quick. Kristaps uh, Porzingis is a member of the Mavericks. Dirk and Nash 2.0, it appears, has been created and established between Luka Doncic and the Unicorn. How do you see this playing out in terms of the grander scale of trading Mark Gasol and Mike Conley for Memphis? Because for me, what makes me nervous with it, Gary, is I'm not necessarily concerned in terms of value when it comes to, like, the Charlotte Hornets. We talked about them on your show on Wednesday as being a team that Gasol makes a lot of sense for. Or say, you know, there's been rumors about Mike Conley and the Utah Jazz. I don't necessarily think it hurts their value in the eyes of particular teams, but when it comes to the Knicks acquiring DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, those are two prime buyout candidates in terms of contracts because the Knicks got those guys for their expiring deals and not really any other reason. They want to be players in the summer of 2019 free agency pool. Um, so if those guys come available, especially DeAndre Jordan, you know, they can kind of pick where they want to go, but that might make one less squad that might be interested in throwing a future asset for Mark Gasol, especially. So obviously your initial reaction to uh, the unicorn coming to the Grizzlies division. And then of course, on a grander scale, if you think it impacts the value of Mark and Mike in a trade. Well, if you're a Dallas fan, I don't know how you could be more excited than you are right now. I mean, given where this franchise was, um, literally just a year ago. I mean, like bottoming out 
um, in basically tank mode and with no real idea what the future would hold. I mean, at the time, I guess they were still kind of excited about Dennis Smith Jr. Now, they obviously soured on him, but there wasn't a whole lot uh, in place to make you think that the immediate future was going to be bright, much less the long-term future. And I think that's all changed by now. A, because they 100% hit on the pick. I mean, Luka Doncic is not going to be a star. He's already a star. And then you add another 23-year-old star. Yeah, coming off ACL surgery, so we'll see. But you add another, you know, you, you now got a, a 19, 20-year-old, whatever Luka is right now, to pair with another 23-year-old. And they're two players who I think most reasonable people would project to be two of the top 10, 15, 20 players in the world going forward. And that's what you're building around in Dallas. To go from as bad of a situation as they had a year ago to that on January 30th, I think is, uh, is, is pretty incredible. Um, as for what it means to the Grizzlies, I think you, you, you nailed down the most important aspect. If you are looking for a big who can, you know, help you get a better seed in the East or the West, help you advance deeper in the East or the West, why would you give up assets to get Mark Gasol if you could just buy DeAndre Jordan? And so I, I, I do think that that's, uh, perhaps just a little, but still somewhat, um, you know, uh, takes, uh, you know, it, it takes somebody off the table as it pertains to uh, possible buyers for Marcus Gasol. And I guess you could also say the same, same thing about Wes Matthews um, as it relates to, to Mike Conley. And so I've never been sure exactly what the market would be for Mark and Mike, but I am a hundred percent sure we now know what the market was for Christoph Porzingis. And the market for Mike or Mark is going to be, I would assume, significantly lower um, than that, which is why I've never been sure you, quote, unquote, got to trade them. At the, you know, I still don't think uh, I'm convinced that you absolutely have to move one or both. But I would assume this, when they do move one or both, um, the return is going to be something that has not you and probably not me and probably not Peter Edmonston or Chris Harrington or anybody who follows this stuff closely, but it'll have the casual Grizzlies fan going, we gave up Mark Gasol for that. We gave up Mike Conley for that. Trust me, that'll be the reaction if this goes down, when it goes down. We're talking to Gary Parrish of the, of, uh, the Gary Parrish show on 92.9 FM ESPN Memphis. He's a college basketball columnist and TV analyst for CBS sports. But again, if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening for GP on the Grizzlies and after the trade deadline, maybe down the road, we'll have him back on if, if the tank gets rolling, uh, depending on what happens these next seven days to talk about some, uh, some college prospects. Follow him on Twitter. If you don't already do so at Gary Parrish with two R's C B S. Now you talked a little bit about him. We talked about it on your show this week, Gary, what exactly the value is of Mark and Mike. So we're going to play a little edition of deal or no deal uh, with various trades that I've seen all across uh, the NBA landscape, whether it be our own blog, grizzlybearblues.com, whether it be uh, a reported rumor deal, uh, a team that might be interested, how it might fit in terms of their salary cap. And we're going to both kind of talk through whether or not we would do the trade. And we'll start with Marcus Gasol, because according to our question of the day, which we'll talk more about at the end of the segment over at uh, GBB Live on Twitter, Marcus Gasol was the leading vote getter between him and Mike in terms of which one will for sure be traded. So let's start with Mark. And one deal that I, I was perplexed by, and, and the reason I was perplexed, Gary, 
is it doesn't necessarily solve a ton of problems for Memphis. I think it gets them younger, but I, I think it makes them less good at basketball, if that makes sense. It is a straight-up deal with Detroit, Mark Gasol for Andre Drummond. Now, Andre Drummond certainly is a remarkable rebounder, and he can score the basketball. And in terms of old-school big-man skill set, he has that for the most part. He's an overrated defender, but he can rebound the basketball, and your franchise cornerstone, Jaron Jackson Jr., not so good at that at the moment. So in theory, it improves you in that area, but it doesn't check a lot of other boxes for me, which would be a young asset. Drummond's 25, so he's right on the, the teetering point of being considered young by NBA standards. Um, it, it's not a first-round pick. It, it's not something that's a, that's a friendly contract to the team. Uh, it doesn't really work for me. Do you think that's fair value for Marcus Gasol, and would you do that trade? Marcus Gasol for Andre Drummond straight up. I would consider it, if only because I think it's gotten so awkward between Mark and the franchise now that it, it might just be best to, to move him um, if you can get a comparable player back. And you can like Andre Drummond, not like Andre Drummond, but he is somebody who's averaging like 17 and 15 per game. Uh, he's a productive big. And so, um, you know, I, I, I might pull the trigger on that one. I, I think Drummond's got – another year on his contract before he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So you'd be getting a year and a half of Drummond instead of perhaps just the rest of this season of Mark. But that's not the type of thing I would be looking for. I might, if that's the best I could do, I might pull the trigger on that. But that's not, but if you put that deal on the table, I'd keep looking. I would pull the trigger on it immediately. Agreed. Uh, another one, and I think this is the most likely de- destination for Mark, uh, especially with Anthony Davis. Um, as we record here, I'm not perusing my timeline. I'm guessing uh, he's not a Laker yet. It, it sounds like that's becoming more and more inevitable, or at least the agents that are leaking that information are trying to make it seem that way. Um, the Charlotte Hornets would receive Marcus Gasol, and this is from a trade that was written about by our own Parker Fleming over at grizzlybearblues.com, uh, an idea. Charlotte gets Mark in exchange for a 2019 first-round pick that would be lottery-protected. So if Charlotte didn't make the playoffs, they would keep it and have that protection. Uh, Nikola Batum and Frank Kaminsky. Uh, this is one that I would consider because, again, my boxes are as follows. First-round pick, check. Young prospect, Frank is, I guess, maybe a bit of a stretch when it comes to that, but he is a younger player who – could be under team control, in theory, offers a skill set that would make sense alongside Jaron as a big. And Batum, even though Batum is older, and even though Batum is not worth the contract that he signed, he's not Chandler Parsons. At least he's still a functional NBA player that can help you through the rest of his contract. So I like this trade better than the Drummond trade, but I would not say yes right away. I would try to get maybe a Malik Monk instead of Frank. But this, this checks more boxes for me in terms of being willing to take on bad money in exchange for especially the first-round pick. But even Kaminsky in this example, at least he's a player that would be under team control whose skill set as a perimeter shooter theoretically makes sense with the roster. I would try to argue over the protections on the first-round pick. Like, you know, maybe we get it top eight protected instead of lottery protected or top ten protected instead of lottery protected. But that's the type of thing I would want is a, a first-round pick that allows me to get worse and also um, obtain a, uh, you know, an asset. And then beyond that, yeah, I'd fight for Monk because he actually is the exact type of thing 
you would want. You know, very young, former lottery pick who, you know, still has the potential to be what what people thought he might be coming out of college, which is a high-level score uh, in the NBA. And with Kaminsky, um, you know, he's been a useful NBA player, even if he's found himself with limited minutes this season. So that is, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd try to get Monk involved, and I would argue over the protection, but that is that in theory is the type of deal that I think is realistic and also the type of deal I'd probably do. Agreed. I think, and like you said, Miles Bridges is probably unrealistic. He would be the peak of that type of argument. I think Monk is the in-between in that. I would say yes to that. Kaminsky, I may still say yes, and I agree with you on the protections, maybe make it top 10 protected instead of lottery protected. Uh, but that, that's what I'm looking for when it comes to a Gasol trade in particular. I want a pick. I want a young player. I'm willing to take on bad money to do it. Let's move on to Mike Conley. And I think one of my favorite trades that I have seen floated out there, because it makes sense, it seems realistic to me, is with the Utah Jazz. Now, this would involve some sort of filler, obviously, in terms of the roster, not necessarily just in terms of cap, but in terms of the Grizzlies have an open roster spot if Bruno uh, Caboclo is removed from the roster. Um, But anyway, so Mike Conley and X for Ricky Rubio, Derek Favors, Dante Exum, and another protected first-round pick. To me, again, checks boxes. You have two expiring contracts in addition to taking on money. Rubio expires. Maybe you resign him to help with the process of uh, developing Jaron. Derek Favors at an expiring contract. Exum just signed a new deal. Uh, rumors are and reports are that Robert Perra loves Dante Exum. Uh, I believe going all the way back to that draft, they, they were interested in him and they liked him in terms of his skill set. And again, you get a first round pick. So Exum's the prospect or the young player, the first round pick, plus you get expiring money. This to me is realistic. It makes sense for both sides. I'm not saying I would trade Mike Conley if I was running the Grizzlies, but if I wanted to trade Mike Conley, if I was hell bent on that development, I think that is fair value for Mike at this stage. Well, I do think that's the first question to be asked is like, okay, are we going to really trade Mike Conley? Like, do we want to do that? Is, is that in our best interest? I think, and I'm not sure how we got to this point, but you know, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere. It's not a surprise that they decided they were going to take calls on Mark, but then Mike just got, uh, just got pushed right in there with him. Like, Hey, let's just, let's just get rid of both of them. And I've never, I've never insisted that it's the wrong thing to do, but I've never been convinced that it's absolutely the right thing to do. And so I, I would listen hard on, on Mark, uh, on Mike Conley deals and, and, and be willing to let the trade line pa- trade deadline pass without doing anything with him because um, he's still a quality borderline NBA point guard. And unless your goal is to just get as bad as you can get, I don't know why you're anxious to, so anxious to get rid of Mike Conley. But if you've just decided we are moving those two franchise players and that's the best deal you can get, sure. You know, you, you get a, a picks and young, interesting players. I mean, if we were ranking the things that I'm after in a Gasol deal or a Conley deal, uh, it would be, I think, A, picks, and B, um, uh, interesting young players who still have the potential to be something nice, even if they haven't shown themselves to be something nice already. Um, I, you know, I, I, and so that, that's where I start with every deal. And this one obviously has both of those things, a, a first-round pick 
and an interesting young player. So I would, I would consider it. I'm not sure I'd pull the trigger because I'm not sure I'd pull the trigger on a Mike Conley trade for something like this. But if I've decided I'm going to, like if they've decided they're going to, then, then this one at least checks some boxes, like you said. And I'm also interested, we're talking about value of Mike Conley here, obviously very valuable to the Grizzlies, but in terms of a trade, I think that deal makes sense for Utah, but they're giving up a decent bit. They're giving up cap flexibility because the contract uh, carries through the next couple of seasons. Now it lines up with the expiration of Donovan Mitchell's rookie deal, so it it doesn't conflict or stop them from signing him to a a max contract, which I I think allows for this still to be realistic. Um, But I'm interested, if you're the Indiana Pacers, for example, and obviously Conley being from that area makes sense as a floor general, would have been great alongside Victor Oladipo, but Oladipo is no longer there, of course, due to his terrible injury that that he suffered. Um, In Parker Fleming's series, he did a similar article for Mike Conley. He wrote a deal, Mike Conley, for Miles Turner in Indiana. Now, even, or excuse me, and Doug McDermott uh, as part of the Pacers package. Now, I don't think they do that trade because I think they really like Miles Turner, and, and he's a terrific defensive center. Uh, Dougie McBucket's maybe not as much of a deal breaker. But my question to you is, is Mike Conley at this stage, let's say they come up with a different package that is not necessarily relevant, it's good enough for the Grizzlies to say yes. Does it make sense for Indiana to acquire somebody like Mike Conley? You know, you look at the advanced numbers. He's one of the top 25 players in the NBA by a variety of measures. Uh, All-star snub, in air quotes, I guess. I certainly wouldn't argue for him the way that the Grizzlies have slid. But Mike has had a good year. Mark has been hit or miss, uh, mostly miss. Mike has been a good, consistent player, especially offensively. Is Mike Conley a player that you bring in and you say, okay, he can save a season? Does he save the Indiana Pacers as a team in the Eastern Conference that can win a series, push Toronto or Milwaukee or the Sixers, pick any of those teams from the list that you think are in the mix to be in the NBA Finals with LeBron out of the East. Is Conley good enough to make that kind of deal for the Pacers or for any team, uh, even in the case of the Pacers in particular, with their best player out? Does Conley move the needle that much for a quote-unquote contender? I wouldn't do it if I'm the Pacers. I I would consider it if Victor Oladipo was still healthy because now you're taking a good team and making it better. Now, by trying to get Conley after Oladipo's out for the season, and who knows, like, you know, what he'll ever be again, because by all accounts, the injury he suffered is not as clean or as predictable to overcome as, say, an ACL. This is a worse deal. And so I don't know why I give up a young player like Miles Turner, if I'm the Pacers, to try to get me good enough to lose to the Bucks or the Raptors. I think that's when franchises make real mistakes, when they try to, quote, unquote, as you put it, save a season. Like, save a season of what? Like, you're probably going to the playoffs right. no matter what, and then you're probably losing to the Bucks or the Raptors no matter what, or the Celtics, right? I mean, I, I really don't think the Pacers' situation has changed much. They're going to be good enough to get into playoffs, with or without Victor, and they're going to be not good enough to, you know, probably even go to an Easter Conference Finals because of the Raptors, Bucks, and Celtics. And so I would have been more convinced if I'm Indiana if Victor is healthy – and then, hey, let's just go push all in, and let's go get Mike Conley, and let's try to, you know, well, Toronto's great, Milwaukee's great, but we can be great with them. Boston is all over the place. Let's go now. 
But trying to get back to being good enough to just lose to Toronto, Boston, or Milwaukee and giving up a 22-year-old center and Miles Turner, I got no interest in that if I'm the Pacers. On the other hand, if I'm the Grizzlies, if they make Miles Turner available for Mike Conley, I'll pull the trigger on that, no question. We're talking with Gary Parrish of 92.9 FM ESPN in Memphis, host of the Gary Parrish Show, one of the great radio programs in the entire country. He's also a college basketball columnist and TV analyst for CBS Sports. Follow him on Twitter if you don't already, at Gary Parrish CBS. Now, Gary, it, going back to the actual on-the-court product for a moment, getting away from the trade deadline stuff, we'll come back to it to close out the segment. Uh, we talked about this again on your show on Wednesday the idea of the Grizzlies struggling in second halves, that has to do with coaching for me. And I have been pretty vocal, whether it's on Twitter, on the blog, uh, on the podcasts and radio appearances I do, uh, especially with you, talking about, you know, I don't want to be the guy that advocates for people getting fired because that's not really right. I don't think morally. But at the same time, uh, when it comes to a contract that he's going to get paid out for anyway, I don't feel as bad. J.B. Bickerstaff even if you don't want to fire him, he never should have been hired the way that he was. Uh, the lack of an interview process has always bothered me. And it especially is evident to me that he is not a very good NBA head coach in the way that the Grizzlies struggle in second halves. Uh, the Denver Nuggets game recently, of course, in the fourth quarter, uh, the Timberwolves game on Wednesday night, uh, another tough loss in overtime. This time it was a slow start that they were able to overcome uh, and not so much a, a poor second half. But the story of the season, at least for me, to an extent when it comes to coaching, is an inability to counterpunch when another coach figures out what you're trying to do to them in terms of game plan. Um, how much does that bother you watching this team? Do you think J.B. Bickerstaff should feel safe? Now, obviously, if Para comes in, disrupts the front office, removes Chris Wallace, all these things that may happen once the season ends in April, um, th- there's certainly a possibility that a new GM or somebody that they promote will want to hire their own coach. But do you see J.B. Bickerstaff as big of an issue for this team as I do, or do you just kind of chalk it up to the roster not being uh, the way that it should be because of the Parsons contract, all the missed first-round picks? Uh, How involved in the mess that is the Memphis on-the-court product uh, is J.B. Bickerstaff? Because Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley aren't the problem in terms of not playing well. They're obviously playing well, especially Conley. It's being outside of role – it's not being able to execute the role that they're asked to do, and it's being left hang out, hanging out the dry, at least in my eyes, by the head coach, J.B. Bickerstaff. Well, one of the things that people had always said was that, because it had been true the past seven, eight years, um, is that as long as Mike Conley is playing a certain amount of games and Mark Gasol is playing a certain amount of games, the Grizzlies are going to at least be good, period. Well, Mike Conley's played 51 games. Mark Gasol's played 51 games. The Grizzlies are terrible. So either that fact changed or you got a coaching problem, one of the two. And I think it's possible that it's a little bit of both, like because Mark is not the same Mark he's been. Mike has been good this season, though. I will say this, and it's a point I made while talking to you or either after talking to you on yesterday's radio show, and that's that there, there are only five teams right now in the NBA with fewer wins than the Memphis Grizzlies. Five. Right. They're obviously Chicago, Atlanta, Cleveland, New York, and Phoenix. Now, of those five, three of them, Phoenix, the Knicks, and the Hawks, they decided from the jump they're just going to be bad. 
Like they, they, everybody understood what the score was in those franchises in the preseason. We're going to try to be bad. We're trying to get into what I guess they believed at the time was the R.J. Barrett sweepstakes, but it's turned into the Zion Williamson sweepstakes. Okay, so the other two is Chicago-Cleveland, and they fired their coaches. In other words, there is not another franchise in the NBA that started the season trying to be good and has gotten as bad as the Grizzlies that has kept its coach, not one. And so by definition, then, if you're J.B. Bickerstaff, you should not feel safe at all because nobody like you has kept their job. You're probably lucky to have kept it as long as you have. Uh, All that said, I think you probably had it right yesterday on the radio show. I think what they're going to do is probably just ride this thing out. And then on some Sunday where there's a triple header of playoff games, they'll just announce that Chris Wallace is no longer the GM. John Hollinger is no longer in the front office. J.B. Bickerstaff is no longer the head coach. They'll get them all with one big swoop, and it'll fly under the national radar. It'll obviously a big, be a big story in the Memphis market. And then they'll just they'll start fresh with a new front office and a new coaching staff. I, if I were betting right now, I don't know if that's the likely way it goes down, but I think it's the most likely way it goes down. We're finishing up here with Gary Parrish. Thank you so much, GP, for your time. We'll get you out of here on this. Uh, the Grizzly Bear Blues Live question of the day. I do this every time we have a podcast uh, recording live here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm interested to get your take on this. Uh, thanks to the over 225 folks that voted in this week's poll. The question was this. By the time GBB Live records its post-trade deadline show next Thursday, so this time next week I'll be recording the trade deadline will have come and gone. All the chaos will be resting and teams will either be tanking trying to get into the playoffs or probably be like the Grizzlies and hope to just convey a first round pick to Boston in a top heavy draft. The four options were this, who is most like, or which of the following is most likely to be true. Marcus Gasol has been traded. Mike Conley has been traded. Both have been traded or neither has been traded. Uh, Marcus Gasol was the leading vote getter between him and Mike by a vast margin. 38% of the voters thought Mark would be traded. Mike was only at 3%. Both being traded was at 13%. The winner of the poll, neither Marcus All nor Mike Conley will have been traded by the time we record our next podcast. Gary, I'm going to put you on the spot. This time next week, will Marcus All, Mike Conley, both or neither, still be Memphis Grizzlies? I think Mark will be gone. Mike will still be a member of the Grizzlies. But I think it's much more likely that both are gone than both are back. If only because the front office is made up of humans. And they understood how ridiculous they looked, perhaps not in real time, but I hope in hindsight, by announcing to the world that they're moving Tyreek Evans well well in advance of the trade deadline, even shutting him down, and then they didn't pull the trigger on that, which was a mistake then and is still a mistake today. And so to do that two years in a row, to announce to the world we're moving these guys and then not move anybody, I just don't I, – I think they will uh, – last year they decided, and I, again, I think this is dumb because literally anything you could have got was better than nothing as it related to Tyreek Evans. But last year they decided in that specific case, well, we didn't get what we, anything we thought that was worth it. Again, stupid, but that was what they subscribed to. I think with this situation, at least with Mark, they're going to just say, we'll, we'll keep looking, we'll keep talking, we'll keep considering, 
But by the time we get within, you know, five minutes of the deadline, we're going to pull the trigger on something. We'll have multiple deals in place, and we'll pull the trigger on the best deal available, even if it's not close to what we thought we'd get or what we thought we wanted. So I, I think Mark, because he's got an opportunity to opt out at the end of the season, because, you know, at this point, you don't even know if you really want him to opt in. So that can be confusing both ways. And I've talked to people close to Mark in the past week who, you know, have, have said that he's not happy with the way this went down. I, I thought it was super interesting on Monday night where he didn't only say, I never asked for a trade. He said, I asked him not to trade me and it didn't matter to them. And I think that hurt him on a very personal level. Now uh, you said yesterday, and I, I think I agree with you. Um, it shouldn't matter to the front office what Mark wants at this point. You do what's best for the franchise always. But that doesn't mean it doesn't create hurt feelings and just uh, strain relationships between Mark and the front office. So I think they're going to move him no matter what. I'm less sure of Mike, but I, uh, I think it's way more likely that both are gone than they're both are back. In fact, uh, I guess I would be different, completely different than the results of the poll because I would say that the least likely scenario is that Mike and Mark are both uh, members of the Grizzlies um, after the trade deadline. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to put it. And I know you're a busy man. We'll get you out of here on that. Thank you so much, Gary, for your time. Looking forward to talking with you next week. Hey, it's the least I could do. Thanks for having me. And I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. There he goes. Gary Parrish of CBS Sports, also of 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's Gary Parrish show. I am fortunate and uh, lucky to have a weekly spot on that program. Thanks to Gary Brad Carson. Uh, for that opportunity. Also a weekly spot on Fridays with Eric Castletine and Connor Dunning, the producer of that program. So two weekly spots on 92.9 FM ESPN Memphis. Not bad for a guy who once was uh, known as Mulligriz on the fan posting of grizzlybearblues.com. So uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity that 92.9 has granted me great exposure for grizzlybearblues.com and Gary Parrish, one of the very best out there. Thanks to him for being my guest. We're finishing up here on Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I am your host, Joe Molinax. GP, you heard him. He's actually the opposite of a lot of those who voted in the poll. He thinks the least likely scenario is that neither Mark nor Mike are traded. He thinks at least one of them is traded. He thinks it will be Mark, not Mike. And it's possible that both of them do indeed get moved. I agree with him. I voted that Mark Gasol would no longer be a Memphis Grizzly. That was my vote in the poll. I think that they are not going to make the same mistake twice. I think that you can look at the changes that were made in the wake of the Tyreek Evans abomination, the way that that situation was handled. The front office has been far more calculating. You can't really judge them for a lot of what they did in the 2018 offseason. I thought they made good moves. They got Garrett Temple essentially for nothing. They found a way to get Kyle Anderson and make him a core piece of what they're trying to do moving forward. He's been one of the best Grizzlies this season. Uh, a lot of what they've done has been sound. The Justin Holiday deal, maybe not so much. You can certainly argue against that one, at least right now. That was for a team that still thought they were capable of being a playoff team, and most people saw that that was unlikely. They made a mistake doing that trade. But the 2018 offseason, I'd give them a B-plus to an A. I thought they did a really good job, and they made moves that didn't look like moves that Chris Wallace would have made the final say on. 
So I think that there has been some shakeup. I think Chris Wallace is still a part of that process, but he's more figurehead than he's ever been. I think you have Chris Macris in that front office. You've got Tayshawn Prince. Uh, Anthony talked about two of those guys in the past. We had Chris Macris on this very podcast years ago, back when he was running the, uh, the Iowa Energy before he was called up to the Grizzlies club. And it was a great conversation, bright guy. I think those two were more involved. Hollinger, obviously Para is more involved than he's been in the past. So I think this will be different. And I think that Marcus Gasol will be traded. And that's my official prediction. Uh, this time next week, we'll be breaking down a Marcus Gasol trade. And I think the way Gary put it is the most likely way that it happens. Because Mike Conley, I, I, like I, we use the Utah trade, for example, Ricky Rubio, Dante Exum, uh, Derek Favors in a first-round pick. If you get offered that for Mike Conley, I think you have to say yes. I think you have to. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think that opposing teams are going to be willing to give up that much. Maybe Utah, because of where they're at, in terms of needing a score uh, alongside Donovan. But I think that's, that's too much in the eyes of most, if that makes sense. When it comes to Marc Gasol, I think the Grizzlies, the writing's on the wall in terms of wanting to move on from him, not necessarily being comfortable with the money he makes, he could potentially make, the way that he's uh, been around the team, obviously the Fisdale situation years ago. It feels like it's time. Uh, it, it feels, or a year ago, I said years ago, and it feels like it. It's been 84 years. Uh, it's been crazy uh, following this team lately. Um, but I do think that it's time. Doesn't belittle what Mark's done for the franchise. Doesn't belittle or, or demean Gasol's impact on Memphis as a city, the work he does with St. Jude. All of that still stands. It's just time to move on. And I think Mark feels it. I think the Grizzlies know it, and I think they will trade Marcus All, and he will no longer be a Memphis Grizzly by the time I am back on the Blog Talk Radio Airways next week. Next week's show, we will break down the post-trade deadline uh, craziness. Of course, I say that Marcus All is going to get traded, so now he won't get traded with my amazing reverse jinx powers. Uh, it'll be some other deal. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk a ton about Jermichael Green, Garrett Temple, Expect to hear their names and deals. I definitely think Jermichael Green makes a ton of sense uh, to be moved. Garrett Temple will probably stay. I don't think you see a fire sale from Memphis. Uh, Justin Holiday is another name that will probably stick around. Um, but I do think you'll see Mark get moved and, and maybe one of those smaller deals. Omri Caspi is a great example of a name that often gets floated. Somebody else will either in a separate trade or as part of the larger deal involving Mark. Uh, this team will look a little bit different the next time I'm on with you guys on this very podcast. So we'll break down the trade deadline, all the stuff with the Grizzlies and obviously around the league. We'll talk about the all-star game coming up that weekend. And then we will also get in to the season ahead. Cause you'll notice we didn't talk a ton about the Grizzlies on court product because of the trade deadline coming up and, and Mark and Mike being on the block. But once the trade deadline passes, the team will be the team for the most part. And we'll be able to kind of look and see what lies ahead of these Grizzlies as their goal appears to be, at least to me, and it remains the same goal as it was at the start of the season to convey the pick to Boston this year. It's a top heavy draft. You want to be in the top three. If you're not in the top three, you're swinging in the dark a little bit. Uh, that doesn't mean there isn't talent. It just means that it's not a sure thing by any stretch. It's not like last year where there are five or six guys that you knew would, would be either good right away 
or good eventually. It's not necessarily that way in this draft. So it's a good draft if you have a, a first-round pick to owe to somebody to send that pick, and hopefully the Grizzlies are able to do that. We'll talk about the road to that next week. Until then, thank you so much to Gary Parrish, great guest this week. Thank you so much to you for listening. Thanks to everybody over at grizzlybearblues.com, my terrific staff. Uh, happy to work with them, proud to work with them, and uh, we will continue to do our very best to cover the Memphis Grizzlies in every possible way over at grizzlybearblues.com. So again, for my guest, Gary Parrish, for all of us at grizzlybearblues.com, thank you. I am your host, site manager of Grizzly Bear Blues, Joe Molinak, saying good night. Grind forth. This has been Grizzly Bear Blues Live. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com.